Hello and uh, welcome to podcast number two. Um, when I did the first podcast, I had an idea about what it was I was going to be talking about and... Um, Kind of, in my head, it kind of ran along with my blog, which, as I said, is a day-to-day diary, really, of all the mundane things that that I do. Um, and then sometimes some unexpected things and some um, little bit more exciting things, I suppose. But actually, when I listened back to the podcast, I thought, no, this, this is an opportunity to do something different. <clears throat> um different to the blog uh so i probably i'm going to scrap the idea that i originally had and um just expand on areas really of of small holding life and uh see where it takes us which will be a very exciting journey won't it um i did one of the things i wanted to mention from the last podcast is um the background noise on a podcast platform, you can add background noise, but the background noises that you'll hear on my podcast are actually what I can hear all around me. So you might be able to hear the cockerel in the background at times. There are plenty of birds around here. And um, initially, at the very beginning, you will have heard a, a sound, which is my dehydrator, which is actually at the moment dehydrating mushrooms to turn into mushroom powder Uh and the reason I do that is um, slightly complicated, and I'll tell you about that another time as well. So, for now, this podcast, uh, really, I want to talk about money, which is a really vulgar subject to some people. And um, and I get it, because, uh, you know, it's um, we, we tend not to talk about money, or or even, or the lack of money, or... Well, we didn't. I mean, it's a little bit different these days, but back in the old days, people didn't talk about money. So um, it's different about these days. We, you may think, because we've got five acres uh, in Oxfordshire, which is an affluent county, you know, I have to say, that we live in this great big house um, And we've got pots of money that we can throw around at everything. Well, that's not the case. And um, we actually live in a a shed. (laughs) That's what it is, a shed. It was originally a World War II billet hut. Um, And if it was good enough for them in the World War War II, it's good enough for us. It's actually been... uh, When we came, a lot of it was... um, uninsulated with um, drafty windows um, it was freezing cold but we've actually we've insulated it all um, plasterboarded it all put in new windows and uh, it it's a nice cozy building but it is actually it's a wooden building it's a shed that you know that's what I'd say it's
I see a lot of um, people asking on small holding forums, um, how do you get a small holding? How, you know, how do you go about finding one? How do you buy one? Um, there are various hurdles to climb when you're buying a small holding. Um, so it's not, it's not straightforward all the time. Uh, we're approaching the age where we will be knocking on the pension door soon um but back and i suppose this this little bit is going to be about how we got here um so back in the day uh we got married when i was 19 and my husband was 20 he was an apprentice plumber and i was working in a factory so not great big massive hugely successful careers on the horizon there but we we bought a flat which was just shy of it was five pounds shy of twenty thousand pound yeah i know it's that's hard for people to hear these days but that's what it was um we actually went along with the idea on this new build estate that we would buy a bungalow uh and they they kind of looked at us and laughed really and yet we couldn't even afford a one-bedroom house we bought a flat so that was where we started off. We bought a flat, we sold a flat, we bought the next house um, with the bare bones in it, put the rest in ourselves. The next house was a doer-upper, we bought that. And that's how we've gone on, really. We bought a house that was in need of doing up massively each time we moved. And the last time we moved, we bought a two-bedroom bungalow with a big garden and we turned and it was uh, very dated and we turned it into a modern four bedroom bungalow um with lovely grounds that so each time so we worked hard each time both physically um and monetary wise to to increase the value of what we'd bought and eventually we we were in our nice four-bedroom bungalow and that was when I thought you know I really I would like a small holding so I we looked around and we looked at a lot of small holdings in Wales because that's a big big small holding country but I didn't I didn't really want to move away I have a big family here we're a we're a strong family we're a close family we see each other all the time and I didn't really want to move away from my family. And then an opportunity came up um, to buy this place, which actually belonged to my dad's girlfriend, who had moved to Wales to a different small holding, but she still had this place. And she said she was she was um, getting tired of coming back up to check the maintenance of the place and everything. So John just said to her one day, well, sell it to me. And she said, how much are you thinking? And he gave her a figure and she said, yep. And they shook on it. And then they asked me if that was fine. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that, that's brilliant. Um, so that's kind of how we got there. So we, so we really, uh, and, and that's over, oh, well, we've been married uh, 38 years this year. So it, that's over a long time. It's not, it's not something instant. So what I'm saying is we didn't have a big house that we sold for oodles and oodles of money in order to be able to buy this and when we bought this place it though it was very stressful because we had put our other bungalow on the market and um that was the the housing market collapsed at that time 
Um, so we then had to, we, we'd already committed to buying this place. We then had to get a commercial loan um, to buy this place. And luckily, the lady we bought it off of had given us some grace. And she had said, look, pay me half because we had half in equity in our old building, in our old house. Pay me half now, and in a year's time, pay me the other half. Um, which was a bit scary, because it, it obviously had, a, you know, it's, it, it's a money transaction at the end of the day, and uh, if we didn't have that money by the end of that year, there was going to be interest racking up on it. But it was a, it was a breather space, because things had been quite hectic. And then along came a chap that we met by chance and uh, a, a manic, and I mean manic, two-week period <laughs> occurred and eventually we he secured us a commercial loan for the other half of the money just inside the time frame of, of the year being up. So that's how we got here. And it, it was stressful, it was hard. Um... But it was it was doable. We did it, and uh, eventually, once the housing market picked up, because at this point we still had the other house as well, um, which we were renting out. Our daughter was living in it, um, and we we had both properties, and that that's very stressful. You know, I, by this point, I'd given up my job to to uh, work here. John was still working as a plumber, but um, you know, it's it wasn't. It, it was stressful. It was still stressful at the time. So why am I telling you this? Well, I just want to get give you a feel of um, who we are, really, and, and how we got here. Um, as I say, we, because a lot of the programmes you see, people have got big properties to sell with, uh, you know, which give them a big... Um, wad of money, if you like, to to go out and buy something else, and that's you know that's not the reality for a lot of people. Um, it, it, that that's TV, um, and it, that's not really how it is for a lot of people uh, who want to buy a small holding. A lot of the time, it's a, a long. Um, upward battle to get where you want to be um so we yeah we don't have we you know we never had um, a massive wages um uh, hubby worked hard he, he's always he not so much now he's, he's um getting on a bit and he's slowed down a bit but back in the day he was high energy and he worked a lot you know, he had a lot of energy and he worked a lot of hours. And uh, and his, and in the 80s, I think it was sort of uh, 80s, 90s, late 80s, work around here was drying up quite a bit. And um, so for five years, he, he commuted to London and back every day. Um, well, six days a week uh, to work because the work just wasn't around here. Um, well, it's a lot different now and and nowadays he is under like a lot of tradespeople huge demand huge demand uh, um they they really feel in the pressure because uh, they are 
in a, in a lot of demand. And he is supposed to be semi-retired at, <laughs> now, but he's still going out every day because the phone still rings. And when you're in that mindset, you don't, you can't switch off and say, oh, no, I don't really want that job. It, the jobs come in, you accept them, you go out and do them. It's it, It's not really, when you've done it all your life, it's not something you can readily slow down uh doing it's it's a mindset and you're in it and that's how it goes so the idea was that he was you know going to be semi-retired um and only go out a few days a week that uh happened I think for about a fortnight and that was it that was it really During the pandemic, the, the, the first big lockdown, it was fantastic because we were both here, you know, I think it was about six weeks solid or something like that. Um, he could have gone out to work. He, you know, he could have still been, could have gone out to do emergencies. He was probably considered a key worker for emergencies. But I, uh, he couldn't go out because I needed to be shielded. So uh, he couldn't go out for that reason. So we we spent i mean and the weather was glorious wasn't it and we spent the best six weeks we've ever had on this place here working and doing things and it was it was fantastic but um so i'll go, go back to the money thing and and kind of give you a, an idea of who we are really john as i said high energy working most of his working life uh so he likes you know to go out and earn his money and he you know and that's great because i don't really i don't i didn't like working for other people it um it was very annoying i found people are not i mean i suppose i'm very if i say i'm going to do something i will do it if i think that somebody uh needed to get something done so that they can get off I would help them um, but I found a lot of the time when I was in the workplace that didn't happen and so I felt like I was I felt I always felt quite stressed at work that I wasn't going to be able to finish my work on time and I think these days that that's so that's sad we we in this country especially we don't have a work life you know a work home life balance that we should it's not it's not what it should be and and I think a lot of that is people perceive or well, people see that they have to achieve this they have to you know it's certainly in the last 10 years i suppose social media has a lot to do with it and don't get me wrong i love social media it has some excellent qualities it has a downside too and people strive to be what they see on social media and you think you have you know you have to realize that what you see is a snapshot, you know, you, you can see, you know, for instance, you can see somebody perfectly turned out in a, in a snapshot. Um, the hair is beautiful, the nails are beautiful, the makeup is done, you know, the, the clothes are designer. What you don't, what you can't see, probably, is the absolute shambles in the room behind them where they've, you know, they've, they've gone to all this effort to get this snapshot of a, of a perfect them. So in essence, I suppose that that's uh, that's me. I don't I don't like people really. I suppose is the thing. I I do like people. I we, I had this conversation with my mum last night. 
the amount of times we've thought, what what can we do on here to make money, nearly always involves getting the public on here. And I'm quite happy if the public stay behind the front gate, <laughs> the other side of the gate. So I'm <laughs> not really a great people person at all. Um, so, you know, that's... that's And, and I think that comes... I, I suppose in a in a way I if I could back in the old days I'd be a bit of a, a hermit really <laughs> I'd be a bit of a hermit just potter away in my own little world without the need for very much um, just being happy really I suppose is it doesn't ever work out like that because obviously you've got to interact with people all the time but you know that's a that's a whole different game. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we kind of, John is the money man, he's the earner, he, he likes, he he likes to know that he's got enough money, and we've always had enough money, don't get me wrong, we've never been flush, but we've always been comfortable, we've always been able to pay the bills because he works hard, um, you know, and that kind of thing, but we're not, we've never really wanted to be the people who have everything you know flash cars and big houses and we're not that type of people certainly I'm not I'm not you know I'm not I'm not uh, I don't hanker for any trappings I suppose I don't know what you call them I don't hanker for any trappings in life I'm not uh, I'm not I'm, I'm certainly not monetary uh lead it doesn't I, I need we need money obviously everybody needs money money makes the world go round but I don't want to accumulate a lot of money you know I'm not we never have it's never the been the way because what I suppose what I'm saying is we that when we came here um there was a very successful farm shop in the next village along and they started off very small and it became hugely successful. And at the end of it, the the farmer that started it all off, he sold up a move because it taken him so far away from farming um, that he he didn't he didn't want it anymore. He he'd got this successful farm shop, but he had to run that and he didn't want it anymore. It took it took him a long way from farming. So when that shut down, people were like, Oh, you could really open a farm shop. And yes, we could have. Yes, we could have. And yes, it would have been very, very successful. But I don't want that. That's not what I ever want. You know, I don't I didn't want to be successful because with success comes stress and uh you suddenly you're not in charge of your own life anymore and I I definitely like to be in charge of my life I I am the type of person I don't like routine um I like to be able to do things when I want to do them obviously some things you have to do but I I I you know I don't I'm not a this at this time we do this at this time we do this and at this time we do this it's a case of me I am around about this time I should be able to get to do that and around about this time I should be able to get to do that I don't I'm definitely not a routine person and I think that goes along with um with not wanting to accumulate um massive amounts of money either I you know I 
I know, God, I'm probably, maybe I'm quite lazy, really. I'm too lazy to accumulate massive amounts of money and uh, too lazy to structure my day too much, I think, as well. I have to say, if anybody's thinking of doing a podcast, starting a podcast, absolutely do it, because you kind of find out a lot about yourself that you didn't realise when you start doing it. Um, it it's quite... It's quite... Uh, oh, it's good therapy. I think it's good therapy. Um, yeah, so... The money side of things... It, small holding... I'm, there are going to be some very successful small holdings and um, and then there are going to be some small holdings that are just uh, literally a lifestyle choice, I think. I think there's going to be... There's a difference. I, there's a difference between small holdings and self-sufficiency because some small holdings are not interested in self-sufficiency. That That's fine. Uh some small holdings are all about self-sufficiency um, and and that's fine as well. And I suppose ours, ours is all about self-sufficiency. Uh, ours is not about how we can make um, good money from, from it by, you know, good breed, breeding, you know, excellent show uh, stock at, you know, and that, that's fine. Everybody, everybody has their own niche. Sometimes people fall into a, a way. Some pe- sometimes people have a clear idea of the way that they want to be. And my clear idea, as I said from the beginning, is <clears throat> I wanted to be self-sufficient. Um, I wanted to have to make sure that all the food that we had was good food, honest food, decent food. Um, and I wanted to live a better life alongside that, I suppose, and a, a nicer life and a happy life. And, you know, it is happy. It, it's, there's no stress. Not, well, well, there is stress. <laughs> that's, that's wrong, but not stress like you would, you know, it's not high stress, like, it would be if you're working in finance in London, you know, there's, you know, you're on completely the opposite end of the scale for that. Um, because of that, you, you don't make a lot of money. You don't, um, we certainly don't. It's, we barely, we barely break even at the end of the year. And, that doesn't even take into consideration my uh, labour cost, really. I, mean, I don't put in... I don't put an invoice in for my time. Um, so we we would definitely be in the negative if I did that because, um, you know, I'm, I'm here anyway, so... But we... I'll give you... I'll give you some kind of idea. We... We've got these chickens and we sell eggs and fruit and veg at the, at, the, at the farm gate. And in order to break even, we have to sell £7 worth of eggs a day. Um, 
which is not a lot. It's you know we're small scale. It's not it's not a big scale thing. Uh, that is just in order to feed the birds that we've got. It costs £7 a day to feed the birds and for their bedding and stuff. That uh, So that doesn't include my time at all. It doesn't include my time or our time to muck them out um, or, or anything, really. So going back to the first podcast, when you lose uh 30 40 birds that's a big blow that's a blow and they and they're uninsured losses because who the heck is going to insure chickens against fox attacks nobody so they're uninsured losses um that you have to you you stand losses uh and that's fine though because that's what i mean it's not a money-making enterprise it's it's a way of life and that, that's what it's all about really so um yeah but do 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 a podcast if you're thinking of doing one on on, on whatever subject because it's quite uh it's quite enlightening actually what you the, the things that you think come to the surface and you know it's <laughs> certainly start find out a lot more about yourself and and about your life probably um so yeah, do, do have a go and uh, see how it comes out. Having listened back to the previous sections of this podcast, there's, there's one other uh, topic I wanted to just address, really, because um, it, it it it's quite it's a topic I I feel quite. Um, quite strongly about really I suppose that is the topic of subsidies and grants (laughs) I my personal opinion and it is my personal opinion and I don't berate anybody else for doing this but I chose this life um we chose this life after (laughs) we chose this life and I think that we should I suppose it goes back again to self-reliance we should be responsible for what we do here and that includes paying for it um there are grants available to do various things um you know bigger farms get subsidies and things and, and and that that's a bit more of a complicated um, subject, obviously, for the big farms because they are having to um, set aside, you know, products and things. So by law, so that's a different thing. But subsidies and grants for um, for us it was never a path that we wanted to go down well I certainly didn't and one of the reasons for that is I don't want to be beholden to anybody this is my little piece of England um it belongs to us and we will take care of it without any uh you know without any handouts handouts from the government because when you um start to go down that field there's um reams and reams of paperwork um i'm done with paperwork i've spent quite a few years doing lots of paperwork for various reasons and i you know i'm done with paperwork 
there's a lot of paperwork uh, on small holdings even, you know, they, you know, everything has to be accounted for, which is fine, which is great, which is right, really. If it's going into the food chain, um, there should be a trail so that people know exactly what they're getting that that's right and that but it it's a ball ache let's face it it is a massive ball ache and the systems don't always um flow shall we say they don't they don't they don't flow and uh they can be hard work and they can be stressful um you know sheep tagging alone is uh is an absolute minefield it, you know and if one of your sheep loses a tag oh my days that is um that's that's stress factor 10 because <laughs> you've then got to try and sort all that out so we don't we've never applied for any you know grants or subsidies um which probably shows in our place because a lot of it is ramshackle and falling you know you, you can you can pl- apply for things like boundary grants um if you've got a stone wall that's falling down ours is falling down at the back i'm happy to let it fall down that that creates a nice little ecosystem for for something else i you know i don't want pristine stone walls it's not it's not important in in the whole grand scheme of things and um actually i'll just tell you one little thing in there talking about that is that we were we went out last night to have a cup of tea at mum's and when i came back uh Obviously, the parish council or something had, had uh, contracted somebody to cut the verges um, down by us, and because uh, we we kind of let ours grow, um, and other people like theirs moan within an inch of their life, which is fine. That's that's their choice. We we don't. And they came. We came home yesterday, and they'd cut the verges, and I was absolutely fuming because. We've got orchids growing there. I, I looked at them yesterday. I went out yesterday morning to see these beautiful orchids growing all along the verge. And uh, last night when we came back, somebody, you know, some tractor has come along and mown them all down. So I'm livid. As it, it, that's what I mean about people, you know, preening everything within an inch of its life so that it looks neat and tidy. And uh, that's not that's not me. Um that's not us uh scruffy i suppose it is called but it's actually as nature would like it to be and which um you know it encourages nature which is what we all should be doing and that's really a whole different podcast uh probably more than one actually in its entirety it's you know there's a lot to be said about that topic but um i'm gonna leave it there for this for this podcast and uh i hope you've enjoyed listening to it and um i've certainly i'm certainly enjoying making it and uh i can't i'll look forward to the next one i i do and and i can tell you this much it will be rattling around in my head all week until i decide on the topic and the the loose structure because it is loose structure it's you know as i said it's not scripted i i did try and think right i'll write down bullet points but uh, i can't work like that i'd rather ramble on so yeah as i said i hope you've enjoyed this one um as well and keep listening and uh have a great week bye bye